Welcome to Real Talk, episode 123. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. One, two, three, ABC, we're gonna do a show for you. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Woo. Anyway, good to see you guys. If this is your first episode and you got to that intro, man, that's who we are. So, <laughs> it's who we are. You know, last week, I guess I should start. What's Real Talk? Real Talk, if you've stumbled upon our little neck of the internet, whether yeah. this is through video, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, podcast format, whatever. If you've stumbled upon us, then you're probably asking yourself, what are these guys doing with their <laughs> lives? I'll tell you what we're doing. Real Talk is an opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. And this forum gives people the opportunity, including you, if you're listening or watching, the chance to ask questions that maybe you're a little uncomfortable asking That's right. to your pastor or someone else. So if you're a Christian... Uh, maybe this is the place that you get to really ask a question and get some thoughts and have a dialogue about something that you've always wondered about your faith but felt uncomfortable to ask for embarrassment or maybe any other thing. That's right. If you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, then you get to hear two guys who are just like you, two guys that are flawed and messed up and, you know, we make big mistakes, um, but who know Jesus Christ and have had their life changed by him. And you hopefully, in our stories and kind of seeing who we are, you might be able to take the stigma away and learn that, hey, not every Christian looks the same, sounds the same. We're just mm. united in the fact of Jesus. So, And I think you'll still be interested in the things we talk about. Absolutely. So it's a mixture of answering those questions. There's a link somewhere in the description of this video, www or podcast, www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk. Click the link. Up. Go down to... <laughs> Submit a question, tippity-tap, hit submit, it goes in completely anonymously, couldn't find you if we tried. And we also talk about topics of the day. So you can put in there topics as well, not just questions, which we have gotten a lot of. Heck yeah. Um, last week we said, hey, it's been a long time since we've been getting questions. We're kind of running low. People pile And you guys responded with some spectacular questions and oh, topics. Yeah. So very, very thankful. We're going to try to get through as many as we can today. We may or may not get through all of them. That's right. And you know what? That's okay. I'm tempted to save some, just in case they never ask another question, aren't they? <laughs> um, but we pro we'll get through as many as we can. Um, you know, and if you're a long-time listener, we told you guys a while back. Sorry about that. I couldn't breathe for a minute. Uh, you know, that this we're just going to kind of go with our hearts here as far as what this show is about. Um, so some weeks we're going to talk about ourselves. Some weeks we're going to talk about relevant cultural topics. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes right. we're just going to answer those questions. So today yes, is sort of a mixture, I would say, between the topics and the questions. I'm excited, man. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much it. Um, how you doing? I'm doing good. I do have a quick side note, completely random. It came to my head while you were talking and doing your, in, you know, doing our intro, our intro business. Okay. It's just I, it reminded me that when you were talking about our our URL, our our link to ask anonymous questions, the sorcery behind what a URL link really is. And what the internet actually is. It's magic. Yeah, yeah. We had a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to fill that out. So we have a good friend. Um, his name is Tim. And Tim is in, beyond being a man of God, family man, Sith Lord, many other things that he is. <laughs> Sith Lord. He, uh, he is a programmer. I, I don't even know everything he actually does. But he's a mm -hmm. big wig at some tech company. Yeah. And he knows his stuff. And we oh, really yeah. realized one time as we asked him how you code. How, yeah, computer works. And then I realized very quickly, and mentioned this to you, and then you and I began to talk and realized the simple fact that it's magic. It literally is it magic. Is in, it is sorcery. Yes, it has uh, to be. It is the dark arts. You, 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 <laughs> 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 but it is, it is 
I mean, think about it, right? Yes. You you create a code, and once once you know created correctly and, and input correctly into this imaginary field, it doesn't it actually pulls up pixels exist. that are made of nothing. Yeah, it's crazy, man. You can make it create. It's yes. an odd, surreal thing. Uh, um, so I know we sound like idiots, but if you think about it, think about think about it. Think about programming. What's actually happening? And if he watches this, he's going to go. <sighs> anyway, pretty crazy <laughs> yeah. stuff. So, moving on. Yeah, uh, it is just—it's wild. It is know. wild. It's just that's why you know, that makes you think internet. simulation theory could be real. You never know. It's not, but <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right, man. Anyway, are we God simulation? Anyways, <laughs> anyways, it that way. I mean, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, how am I doing? Um, that's the question. Yeah, well, I uh, had to get that side note out of the way. It was, it was just stuck in my brain. So, sure. I've been in a... I don't know, fun turn. He's shaking his head. I've been know. in a very... Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a very interesting place, man. Um, so, I'm excited. You know, I... First off, I'll have a dilemma for you guys. So, this is a little personal. So, I realized for like the past like three weeks, and this was just kind of a... It was, it was, a little, it was giving me anxiety that... You know, my urine had been smelling very oh, sweet. Good lord, we're gonna go here right now. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Real talk. And you know, I kind of <sighs> waited for it to go away, and it wasn't going away. So eventually, I told you, I said, "Hey, man, like, like this is weird." And you're like, "Yeah, that is weird." So mm-hmm. I decided to Google it, and it said that, "Hey, that's you know, there's a possibility you could have diabetes." So I was like, "Oh man," which would make sense in my life. I have a terrible diet. So yeah, he does. Uh, went to the doctor. Yep. You told me like, Hey, you should go to the doctor. So I went and it was yesterday. I went yesterday and did all the tests, you know, did blood sugar tests. You know, they took a urine sample and all that and everything just came back completely normal, (laughs) which is a blessing. It's definitely a blessing because it definitely like at first I wasn't very nervous about it. And then as, as I got closer to like the day I was going to do it, I was like, Oh man, like what if I do have diabetes? This is going to be really hard for me. Yeah, because of the way that you eat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of scary. And I was like, oh, man, I don't, this is, I don't know. You know, I definitely had my doubts of if I was going to be able to do that. Well, I mean, I think if it comes down to that or your death, I would mm-hmm. hope that you would choose to, to eat, <laughs> uh, you know, one less chicken nugget. If it were that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was a huge relief. Um in other news, sure. I'm also this also has to do with like just medical health in general. Is you know I've been told by several people that I definitely have ADHD. Oh, God. This is where we're going. So I also have I also have an appointment tomorrow, very early in the morning, which is hard for me because I I am a night owl. To you know, hopefully maybe get some medication from ADHD. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean we'll see what the doc says. Yeah, um, so. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, actually, this topic of medication. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You weren't here that week. It was a great conversation. Clint uh, spoke into that as well. Fun turn, Clint. If you're like wondering who that is, you're on the podcast. He's our uh, crack intern slash, we call him the fun turn because he brings the fun. He's behind the camera, behind the computer right now, you know, just uh, ready to help in any moment. That's right. And um, one of our good friends, too. But we were talking about this and sort of the idea of, of ADHD medication and you know, medicating for mental things. So it's an interesting topic or a thing, you know. I think the thing for me that's always been frightening, and we talk, Funturn mentioned this, is just the idea of, you know, 
and I think this is a question you'll end up asking yourself. This mm-hmm. ends up happening, which you just threw it out there for the world to hear. But, you know, do you lose something about who you are in that? Will you lose something? Will you lose something? Hmm. Um, now, again, we're not judging that, but that's that was the, the discussion, right? Like, right. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I'd be curious to see what they end up saying. And now you're going to have to tell everyone. Yeah, me too. Because you've brought it up. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm excited because I feel like a lot of my life I've always just been kind of like stuck in my head of like all these just different circles after circle after circle. And, you know, I've been told that just by the way I act a lot of the time, like, dude, you definitely have ADHD, so... You know, I've thought about it for a long, long, long time. Like, maybe I should do it. And I'm finally doing it. So it's exciting. It's a little nerve-wracking, but it's also exciting. So those are two things that, that immediately came to my mind as far as wh- how my weeks went. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading, moving on from that, I've, sure. I've been reading... Um, <laughs> Good natural segue. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, reading uh, a book. It's called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Um such a good book, man. You know, I'm so blessed that, you know, you're, you're having me read it because it's just teaching me a lot about even my own heart, you know, about what, you know, what the true masculine heart desires and what it's supposed to be like. And I'm just learning so much from it. You know, I, I read, I think I read a full chapter earlier and I don't know, man, if for any of you that have read it, you know, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about when it's just, it just changes your perspective and it makes you think. Um, and for those of you who haven't read it, you know, if you're out there, you know, you're a Christian. If you're a man, particularly. Yes, if you're a man. Um, uh, it's written It's written to men. I mean, I think women can gain things from it um, just in understanding their sons or their husbands or their dads or whatever. But, yeah, Christ- for men, actually men in general, hmm. yeah, I think it's pretty well, I, anyway, I, def- I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, you know, Changed my life. Learning, just learning about, like, you know, like being dangerous Years ago. and what that means. And it's just, and that's just a little, that's just a tiny tiny little tip of the iceberg for what this book talks about and covers but just even just i've been thinking about the idea of what it means to be dangerous like and uh because i think today's culture of men like that's just we're taught to be entirely opposite of that Hmm. and it it affects us very negatively so that's been cool to read through and you know like i said i've still got quite a bit of it left i think i read like chapter was it chapter i think i read chapter five today so very excited to keep moving through that um And as far as just how I'm feeling emotionally, you know, I feel like I am in a place of kind of back and forth. You know, I think I was I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, Hannah. And I said, sometimes I just kind of feel like there's days where I wake up and I'm just like, boom, right there. Like I'm just intentional with with my faith. Mm -hmm. And then there's other and those days tend to be very good. I tend to whether it's like a whether bad things happen that day or if it's just, you know, neutral or something really great happens. It can just feel like a good day just because of where I am spiritually. But those days where I wake up and I'm not as intentional, those are the days where it almost feels like I ask, like, the questions come ahead, like, what am I doing? Who am I really? Like, am I, am I, do I really believe in all this? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So emotionally, that's just kind of where I've been. I've kind of noticed that a pattern of mine is to go a couple of days at a time here and there with being intentional and not being intentional. It's just a ping pong back and forth. And I'm trying to... I think my biggest question to myself right now is is how how is it that I wake up one day and boom I'm just immediately intentional and the next day I'm not you know so that's something that I've been thinking about and mm-hmm. I guess with that being emotionally I guess it's confusing like cuz like it makes me feel like I'm writing out my emotions more still rather than my faith so maybe you are yeah 
Like, I mean, have you th like, what answer did you come with with that question? You know, why am I, why am I intentional one and not another? Um, I think you're right. I think it's like my, my, I let my emotions kind of take over. Yeah, and I wasn't implying you were. I was just saying it's okay to think through that. Yeah, I think that. I think that's definitely good because I think on the days that I'm not intentional, I think that those are the days where I do let emotion like take over. Because say I wake up and I just feel like, oh, there's so much happening around me right now. And then I let that latch on to me instead of like going, wait a second, you know? And then before you know it, it's like midday and I haven't even done anything. Like I haven't prayed. I haven't read. And it's just because I jumped up and was like, I gotta, you know, and I just keep going. <laughs> and just the ball starts rolling and it turns into a giant snowball. And then the day it comes to an end, I'm like, oh man, like I did not live out of my faith today. I just kind of, I either, you know, I either just kind of shut my brain off and kind of went into that autopilot that we've talked about, or I'm just negative. <laughs> so I think that's, I think you're right on that. I think that it is my emotions a lot of the time. Well, you actually were the right one, not me. I just said maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, so, so I guess, do I guess that? it's, um, I need to, I need to remember the days where I do, like, reflect back on the days, like, hey, remember when you woke up and you prayed to God and you said, Lord, just help me get through the day, help me have a, have a day where I can see people, where I can, I can love others, I can love you, and remember what those days were like, no matter what happened, just remember what they were like, and I feel like that would remind me, of like, oh, man, no wonder I, I feel bad right now, it's because I haven't done that, um, Talking, you know, talking, that's one thing I can struggle with is talking through things with, you know, you or, you know, the guys, you know, the Remnant House guys, or even, you know, my Lionheart group, you know, I can, I can struggle to uh, talk through my, my emotions as far as, you know, what, what happened in a day, because I think a lot of the time I can just kind of brush it off, because that's, you know, that's kind of how my life has been most of it, you know, it's just things, things happen, they go by, you keep going. You know, and you don't really think about it. So, does that answer your question? Uh, I think I think it. Well, I think so. But how? So, but we still are left with the with the fact that. So it's good to reflect on, so you don't beat yourself up, hundred percent. But what do you actually tangibly do so that that next morning you do that? Because remembering the time you did before you go to bed isn't going to help you remember to be intentional the next morning. That makes sense. I think one thing that would be cool, and I, I could do it after this, is like even like set a reminder on my phone. It's a great idea. Like, hey, like as soon as I wake up, it just says pray. I think that's a great idea. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, for some reason, sometimes in Christianity, we don't like want to do things in our faith, right? And this is all of us, that, <laughs> that we would do in day-to-day -day life. Like if we have a really important appointment, we're going to put it down. Right, like, like uh, that like doctor's in my yeah. calendar. Like you put the doctor in calendar, but it's like, well, I don't know what else I can do to remember to... There's nothing wrong with that. It's like... It's almost like if we can't do it naturally, then there's something flawed with us. So I think that's a great idea. I was thinking, you know, I used to write stuff, put it beside me. The background on my phone, excuse me, is a reminder to uh, to act a certain way, you know, so I don't forget. Mm -hmm. Until it becomes like normal, then you got to change it again, right? So you that's see really it. good, man. I like that. Yeah. So uh, that's cool, man. I think it's a great idea, and I think that's something for people out there. You know, if you're struggling, say, oh, I always forget to pray, or I always forget to read, or I always forget to like have to wake up and like choose to be an intentionally good mindset well you know what about just taking a second set an alarm that just says choose joy when you wake up in the morning oh, first thing you get choose joy cool. yeah man so i think there's things you can do i've done that at times um 
you know, put, <laughs> I've always been like, oh, I don't use my phone to its fullest potential because it always helps, but I've done stuff like that sometimes, but a lot of times for me it's like little notes, but I think the phone makes the most sense because we always see it. Well, and yeah, and even like just for Be a good husband today. Be a good wife. It's just a, you know, yes. something to kind of pull us out of that routine. Yes, and for me personally, like I'm so, like I, I, I'm on my phone a lot, so. Mm. Yeah, that, that's part that, of your job, yeah. Yeah, so that's good for me to like have that stuff there. It's my main, it's one of my main things I'm with all the time is my phone, so, mm. you know. Even like you said, like I know I have like a background on mine that's a verse, you know. Uh, maybe I should switch it because like it's been up there for a long time, kind of like what you said. Eventually, you kind of get used to it. So it makes me go like, what if I, you know, what if I did, you know, whether I made something myself or I found something that's just like, hey, like every time I unlock my phone in the morning, it just says like, you know, choose joy, kind of like what you said. Like I yeah. love that. That's really cool, man. Thank you. That's just a, a great thought. Idea. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate you sharing that, dude. I think it's. Is there more? I didn't want to cut you off. Um, let's see. I don't. Not that anything that jumps out to me, at least not right now. So I think I think that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Cool. What about you, man? How are you doing? Um. Yeah, man. So I've been struggling with doubts lately a lot. Um. You guys know this, but I mean, if I'm gonna be honest with the the crew here, um, pod yeah, just, squad. yeah, pod squad. I've just been a little uh, just doubting, man, doubting my giftings, um, wondering if you know I'm not the right guy for the job in certain areas, and it's so weird how that comes, and it usually comes after I do something, right? And mm. I'm not gonna go into why because it would take forever to explain to you guys, like like my mindset, because it's it's just it's hard and. Sometimes, and I think it's funny, we kind of discovered this, you know, the enemy's going to attack you in your giftings. He wants you, to, wants you to doubt. We also have our own, the traitor within us, right? All of our wounds and self-protection and stuff that's happened to us in our life, that's what I call the traitors. That's sort of conspiring with the enemy sometimes, right? Um, that makes it hard to understand or to, to see truth. And Yeah, I don't know. So then it starts making me feel guilty about a lot of things and doubt myself in a lot of ways, and, uh, you know, there's a tendency to medicate yourself out of that, right? So whether that's uh, caffeine and, you know, other, whatever, hmm. to get yourself to calm down, and it's like, and then you start feeling bad, well, in, in doing that, because weirdly enough, well, to caffeine, calm down, you know, keep your mind going, keep your, whatever this stuff is, you know, that you take or do, the, the, the tough part in that is then, like, am I, I don't know, it just... Then am I myself? Am I still me? Does that make sense? Like, so then it's it's just a, such a, it probably makes no sense to anyone. So I guess overall, just take away, I've been struggling with that. <clears throat> Before anyone says anything, I don't, I'm not struggling with whether God loves me. I'm not struggling with my salvation. Um, I'm confident in those things. Hmm. Uh, I don't, you know, some people do. We all go through moments where we do. For me, it's literally, that's where it gets such a, it's such a subtle thing. Yeah. Because it doesn't get me in the places that I know to be fact, right? I can look at the Bible and say, I know I'm saved. I know that God's forgiven me, all those things. I can't look in the Bible and say, Todd is the person to be on this podcast. Todd is the person to be preaching. Todd is the <laughs> right, Todd is gifted to. And our church is so special, man. The church that sponsors this podcast, the Remnant Church, it really is. I know everyone says that, and they all are. Um, but this place is is a cra- it's a crazy story, man. Someday maybe we'll do that as a podcast, even sort of the history of the church behind this. I think it'd be an interesting. 
thing. That'd be really cool. Uh, and then maybe bringing other guests on and stuff. But because of that, and this is going to sound weird, because I know how special this place is, because I know what God's done and is doing, you know, I can be like, I know that it needs a leader and a preacher that's that's different, special, unique, dynamic. It just, I don't know how to describe it. It just is. You know, you can use our worship team. Our worship team's incredible. People say that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it really is. Oh, yeah, we got a great um, worship team. I mean, it, it's special. Yes. And no one said, and it needs someone that can match that in a way. Um, it's not an ego thing. So before those of you out there who are already going, his pride is kicking in. Listen, there are times my pride kicks in, and we all have it, but this is not a pride thing. Um, in fact, it really, really isn't. I think that's the problem is that I'm fully aware that on my own I'm not capable of doing that. Um, and I don't know, man. People are silent in the moments you need them to speak the most. And I don't think it means they don't love you. It's just the way that we are. You know, a lot of us, we're self-focused, so it's hard to speak into people's hurts. Um, and even when we do, it's very cursory. So it's like you say, I'm really sad. I don't like myself. I'm like, hey, man, well, I like you. And then you, I walk away. When sometimes people need someone to speak to their heart. Um, but we don't always get that. And that's where faith comes in. And, you know, I'm human. And sometimes I want that. But the cool thing is that even if I, I never get that or people don't share, or maybe I don't believe them if they do say good things, is that God is, you know, so faithful. And we have such a good example in Jesus who they constantly told him that he wasn't who he said he was and mm-hmm. he wasn't the guy for the job and how he was able to walk and serve in that. So that's kind of been where I'm at. And it's ironic because in the midst of that, you know, just dealing with some ugly personal situations as far as like, you know, people close to you that kind of turn on you um, and can and can say really damaging things. Yeah. And sometimes they're like serious, you know, and especially when you know it's a lie, the person said it's a lie, they've confessed to other people, and then you end up finding out that, before they confess all that, that it's got out to different places, you know, and then you start to just, it makes you depressed, man, because my tendency, and I mentioned this in our prayer right before, is I tend to then think of, so even if something's not true, right? So you say Todd doesn't really love God. Let's just say he's a false teacher. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that's not true, but then I'll start thinking of all the things that are true about me that are terrible. Does that make sense? Yeah, it just makes you reflect on the bad. Yeah, which isn't good. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. In the midst of that, I've seen some really cool stuff still. Um, been loved well and, you know, see God's hand in a lot of things. So, hmm. yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um. Dude, something I really appreciate about you is, like, even, like like you said earlier, like, like, you're not looking to try to, like, you're not looking for people to just tell you, like, all these good things about you. But, you know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. you, like, you prefaced with, like, I'm not trying to, you know, whine or anything. Like, like I love that because, honestly, dude, you know how I see it as? It just hit me. Is just, dude, you're just such a good self evaluator. Like, you, oh, thanks, you truly do just sell, like, it's like a true self evaluation of, like, where you're at or, like, what your life is like, which is cool because a lot of us don't do that. They don't do it to a level that you do. Yeah, which sometimes isn't healthy because I'll, nit- <laughs> I'll nitpick, but I appreciate you saying that. And, yeah. I, and I guess, man, for me, like, cause I, I'm actually thinking about what you said. Like, was I always, I definitely wasn't always like that, I don't yeah. think. Um, but, after, you know, it's part of my testimony, and someday we can tell that to each of ours, but we've mentioned it. But I, there was a time, you know, I think when I'm, I'm just spitballing as you said that, when, when I was completely alone, I don't know. You don't have anyone else to speak into it, which is at the time I remember feeling like this is going to sound so dramatic, but it was true, kind of suicidal back in this was years ago, years ago. Because in, in the I had to come to this place where, like, there were no voices anymore. There were no good voices telling me that, I was a good person or that I wasn't alone. And so in the midst of that, I had to, you know, that's why I kind of wanted to kill myself at times because 
I was left with my own view of myself and a negative view. And then, you know, how, what am I doing? And it made me seek out God's word. And there, there was a person, one guy especially, I've told you this, who poured into my life and kind of probably taught me by asking me questions. And I read books. And the biggest thing is, man, if I were to wrap it into why I do that, if it's true, is that I just, I believe this stuff is real. And if it's, and I say this every week, and I feel like people just don't maybe hear it or think I'm just saying it to sound like a cool, hip Christian guy, mm-hmm. which I'm not. I do think it's real. And if it's real, then I need to constantly be aware of the areas that I need to, I don't know, change. Yeah. Sometimes it's not even just that. Sometimes it's like, okay, what am I feeling? So I can be aware so I don't act out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, man. No, because I have good. to test it against God's word. Yes. Like I said, like not a whole lot of people do that. So you wonder why people are so like, whether they're, you know, they're so, they bury so many, so much hurt because they don't evaluate like you do. And so then they, at times they don't even understand why they're acting the way they are. Mm. And so it's confusing and it's a lot, it's a lot to get through. It's a lot to dig up. And that, you know, that, that can be a long process Mm. and people can, you know, and then if people aren't trying to constantly think about why, you know, why they could be feeling the way they are, you know, they just kind of, they can snap sometimes, you know, and they act out and, you know, not saying that deep self-evaluation is like the end-all be-all to not ever do that, but like you definitely are aware enough to know, even if I do, this is why. And a lot of people, sometimes they don't, they don't. So it's cool, man, for real. Well, I that's appreciate something that's very admirable in you. Oh, well, I appreciate it, uh, genuinely. I, I want to add, you know, sometimes that's why maybe this will help someone else. That's why oftentimes I'm so willing to ask things. And I think it's tough sometimes because like when you ask people to speak, you know, hey, what do you think about this? And this is not you guys in this. I'm just saying in general. A lot of times people don't even know how to respond to that. But there's times like because I'm aware, maybe if I am self-aware, I'm sure I'm not in everything, but I am aware then of my own biases and my own perception of things and I want to make sure that what I'm seeing is reality even right and that's why I ask people and it's funny because people don't like to give their real views on things they don't want to speak into people's lives and I wonder if it's because they're afraid that the person that they'll be wrong and that it will destroy the person or something I don't know I think that, I don't know. Yeah. I, or or they just they just don't want to offend them either. Like, yeah. like it, it they don't either, want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Or because that person already has like a preconceived notion of what they're feeling, and like so people are just trying to guess what they want to hear, mm. instead of actually just telling them the real viewpoint on things. <laughs> I think good, absolutely. I think that's a big part of it. But thanks so, for sharing. Man. Yeah, it's man. Real. Appreciate that. Um, hey, and guys, I'll ask you out there if your prayers, if you're believers and you're listening. If you're not believers, you can just think this is a weird part. Send us good feelings. That's what you probably are used to doing. But if you're a prayer, pray for us just for protection and stuff, you know. I will say one thing about us in general, even this show. Because we're willing to talk about things that we know the world attacks about, sometimes it can, you know, makes us a target. Yeah. And I can tell you this, whether you're mad at us today or another day or you listen to a different episode, we really do love God and, and we love you. And we're never speaking out of hate. I, I can say that confidently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pray for protection for us as we then segue into these questions. Let's get it. So, first one, AJ, that I have. All right. <clears throat> okay. Phones, man, later. It's doing the thing. Just buy some time here. Hey, hey, guys, real quick. Got it. While you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead if you have a real quick, though. 
Oh, just uh, if you guys do have any questions or topics that have hit your head while you're listening to this right now, go ahead and type in www.theremnant.live slash real-talk and submit your question or topic completely and honestly. Couldn't find you if we tried. Bingo. Uh, question. Actually, it says topic. Thank you for those that send topics in. Topic. Marriage. I feel like every church has a different view on what marriage is. That is very true. I think I think every church probably does have some sort of different me. out, you know, different look of an opinion on what marriage is supposed to look like. You know, I think from what I've learned and from what I've heard, because again, I'm not very used to church culture. I didn't grow up in it, so I'm not very I'm not very knowledgeable on what it can look like in all these different places. But from what I've heard, is that a lot of churches tend to think that you know especially from a man's role, I mean, being a man, so I'll speak more of the man's role, is that they just kind of, you know, happy wife, happy life, mm. and that's that's how you have a successful marriage. And honestly, that just, from my point of view, that just kind of t- tames the man and puts him in a cage, and that's why the woman ends up being sad, because the man's not being who he really is. Mm. So, uh, That's a good one I think of, yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of been the biggest one I've heard about is like that's kind of how you know husbands mm-hmm. within the church are mostly like or they're just kind of I've also oh excuse me guys sorry um I've also kind of heard something that's similar to that but it's more like you know hey you know do your role and and that's it kind of like the rock you know your role <laughs> shut your mouth yeah that's kind of like similar to that um and again, it's just taming the man and not allowing him to be wild. And a lot of the time, even though that is... He doesn't mean wild and like, you know, if you don't know the terminology, it just means not beat down, willing to, you know, speak up and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. That's right. Yeah, thanks for... No, no, I knew, I knew 100%, but some random person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, out of context, that could, that could be weird. Um but yeah, and I guess that's that's kind of the other viewpoint I have of it. You know, I'm sure there's plenty more, but those are I, I would say probably the two biggest ones. You know, men just kind of seem to, especially husbands in the church, they just feel kind of like chained. You know. Yeah, so I, it's hard. This is a big topic. So mm-hmm. uh, this broad. is what I will tell you: marriage was an institution created by God from the very beginning between a man and a and a woman, one man, one woman. It is meant to be for life. That is the ideal. Um, within the context of that marriage, uh, Ephesians tells us that marriage is an illustration of Christ's relationship with the church. And because of that, there is an order to things, and it makes sense, right? The husband is to lead the family, and he is responsible for the spiritual welfare, welfare of the family and to make sure that he's leading well and, and leading towards God. And he is to love his wife, as the Ephesians says, as, quote, the, as Christ loves the church. That means sacrificially. Hmm. Um, he wouldn't, wouldn't hurt his wife, you know, intentionally, or do things to his wife that he wouldn't do to himself. He even mentions that, you know, if you're not going to cut your own arm off, for instance, <laughs> um, unless something's wrong with you. Uh, and then a woman is called to submit to her husband, and that's a scary word. Um, respect her husband, that might be better. And that's countercultural. And the, the thing about it, and what does that mean? You know, she trusts his leadership, that she doesn't mean she's a slave. It doesn't mean she... I had someone recently in a premarital counseling session say, and she was just honest. She's great and believes it. She goes, it makes me feel like a dog that has to just lay, roll down and... Mm. and it's, it's honest. Its yeah, and that's true, right? Yeah. In the way that we use it nowadays. But it's a choice. You know, Christ submitted to the Father's will when he died on the cross. He didn't want to do it, but he did it. So it, took, it takes a lot of strength. 
And honestly, the majority of the time in marriage, it should never, it doesn't really even show itself like in an obvious sense, because if you're loving each other well, then you're always going to try to work it out. But inevitably, sometimes there comes to a point when you may have two equally good choices. I got to, you know, the family, one of us got a job in this city. One of us has a job here. Opportunity, you know, we're comfortable here. What do we do? There's a difference between the spouse. Well, God in his, in his kindness has given us, I mean, this is one way to look at it, has given us how to break the tie. Mm. And it's far more than that, you know. Um, but, yeah, that, that's the way it is, and it's a beautiful thing when you look at it. It's not – there's the extreme of the men is henpecked and weak, and I think feminism has has infected even the church's view of Christianity yeah. because we soften it. We don't like the words because they don't fit our modern culture. And so men become – like it's almost uh, – you know, they're big children, and they're viewed that way within the church. And some of them bring on themselves, but some of it's culture. And so women have a hard time respecting men because men aren't respected in culture. There's the other side, though, in Christian culture, subculture, where women are browbeaten and, you know, they're not allowed to talk or, you know, they're just, they're just kind of forced to be meek. And I don't believe that's scriptural either. So man and woman are both created in the image of God. They are equal mm-hmm. in value and equal in um, even station before God. Uh, but they are not, equality does not equal sameness. And so... They are different, and they have different roles, and that's beautiful because it shows the two sides of God. Yes. So the other things I would say is it is between a man and a woman, period. You, we don't get to define marriage because we didn't create it. The one who creates it defines it. God created it. He defines it, man and a woman. Um, it is supposed to last forever. <clears throat> Bottom line is God, Jesus told us, actually, you know, Jesus specifically, um, divorce is not pleasing to God. Um, and it's, we are not to divorce uh, because, again, if you look at it as a picture of Christ in the church even, you know, Christ doesn't leave us no matter what. However, God also in his infinite, you know, I don't know how to say it, tenderness or his understanding of the flawed nature of the human heart, there are two ways in which someone, um, that most people agree that the, that the Bible allows for divorce. One is adultery, cheating on someone because the covenant's broken. Um, that's the other big part of marriage, the way the Bible says, is covenant. Covenant is a promise between two people to uphold their side of the agreement, regardless of whether the other person is faithful to it. Hmm. It's a deep thing that we don't have a deep understanding of. We, right. we know contracts, but those can be broken. Covenant wasn't like that, and God has a covenant with us. And So when adultery happens, it severs the covenant or hurts the covenant, at least, and so sometimes that can't be um, rest- you know, restored, or at least it makes it difficult. Um, and that appears to imply that you could possibly remarry if that's if that is the case. The other one is adult. Or I'm sorry, uh, abandonment. abandonment. Yeah, yeah. You know, in which case the person is proving themselves to not be a believer, in which et cetera. So, excuse me. There's a lot more to it, but I think those are some of the things that culture, and even within church to church, um, can get confused on. And I think some of that there is no opinion. There's fact. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we say this every time. Don't just take our word for it. Go read the Bible. Look up marriage and what Jesus teaches about it and Paul and what the Bible says about it, and you'll understand, you know. doesn't mean it's easy. In fact, there's warnings that, hey, uh, it's going to be tough. You're going to have a tough time in marriage, and anyone that's married knows that because it's hard when you bring two imperfect people together, mm-hmm. but there's beauty in it too. And, yeah, I love that. That's really good, man. Alrighty, uh, and if there's more, if you ask that question or topic, feel free to 
uh, shoot in, you know, some some specific questions or yeah. something we didn't cover. Awesome. What do you got, man? All right. Second question is, so this is Romans. They're asking about Romans 5, 9 to 11. It says, can you guys discuss this passage? I understand we are justified, made right with God, in, in a parentheses, through the death of Jesus. And we are also saved from wrath as we are justified. Are these two separate things, justification and being saved from wrath? Um, no. So I'll read the verse. They said, what is it? Uh, that's Romans 5, 9 to 11. Okay, in this verse it says, uh, well, I want to start with 8 just because I think it's pretty, pretty cool. Okay. But God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, since we have been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from wrath. And then he, they said 10 as well. Is that right? Uh, yep, it's 9 through 11. For if we, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. This is me turning the page. How much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And the specific question is what? Uh, they're essentially asking, are these are justification and being saved from wrath two separate things? Can I see that? Because I think sure. you, you're simplifying. Maybe I'm wrong here. Uh, and we are also saved from wrath. Okay, so we are justified, made right with God. So he, they're actually asking that. Is being made right with God and being saved from his wrath two separate things? Okay, they are two separate things that happen through the process of justification. So when we're justified before God, um, a lot of things happen. The penalty becomes paid. Hmm. God doesn't ignore the sin. We, it's not like he, oh, it's good, because some people say, well, how is that good? The, it's just the penalty has been, saved, has been applied on Jesus on our behalf, so we are now made right with God, the penalty is paid, and then so... Through that, all of the things that we once had as his creation are restored. We are made righteous again in his eyes because we are restored to what we were, right? Mm-hmm. Because before the fall, we were all walked, you know, mankind was made to walk in relationship with God. Mm. Um, and the second thing, oh, yeah. <clears throat> saved from his wrath. Yeah, we're saved from his wrath because there is no more wrath. It was poured on Jesus. That's right. And made right with God happens because the penalty has been paid, right? So it's like... The best way to put it is if you have a ticket for $100, right, assuming you pay the ticket, there is no more, um, there is no more penalty. It's over, That's right? That's right. If you don't, you might go to jail and all that. The, it, what's even better about this is the ticket's completely removed from the system. Mm. Does that make sense? Yep. I'm with you. So uh, he pays the ticket, and because he pays the ticket, because he takes the wrath, the punishment, um, we are made right with God through that. It's all mm-hmm. part of the process of justification, which happens instantaneously when we are saved. The process of becoming holy, mm-hmm. not just treated as holy, happens after that when the Holy Spirit comes in us after justification, and that's a lifelong journey called sanctification, which means we become more and more like Christ and less and less like us, right? I mean, in our flesh. Right. That's good. Does that make sense? Clear? Fun turn? I don't know if you're listening, but is that clear? He said, yeah. I don't know. I ramble. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I digress. What? Very good. Good. Thank you. Sometimes he helps me know if I'm uh, speaking the normal human language. All right. Hey, here we go. Topic. Or um, apparently, according to, and I actually we I read we read this article. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the Russian Orthodox Church, refusing to be vaccinated against COVID nineteen is a sin, and anti vaxxers must spend their life repenting. So, context. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I want to be fair to the article. I did read the article, and in the article, the Russian Orthodox Church did say, but the context was they, they've had people, it is a sin, they've had people come in, repent of that sin, say they feel guilty because they didn't get the shot or something, got COVID, and then they're afraid that they gave it to someone who died. Um you know, from COVID, and right. then they feel, hope this doesn't get banned. I just realized I said, I'm going to say the virus. Is that okay? No, the sickness, whatever. Yeah, guys, if you're listening, we get edited and banned when we say certain topics. I mean, it's just a fact. And I, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> um, and they are saying that, so in confession, because in the Russian Orthodox Church, they still do confession, and, you know, the person's like, I feel like, what am I going to do? I feel like I'm going to have to feel bad my whole life. And essentially what the priest was saying, or the leader, whatever, is that, yeah, you'll feel guilty your whole life. You're going to have to deal with that. And so it wasn't necessarily they have to spend their life repenting. It's that you're going to be spending your whole life repenting because this was so bad. But it's still, it is true that they go on to say that it's a sin to not get vaccinated because you're choosing to not, um, you're, you're not caring about your neighbor in a sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. Um, so I think they're wanting our thoughts on that. It's frustrating because I feel like you're putting a weight on somebody when you shouldn't be. Because especially the way they worded that, saying they, they have to spend their whole lives repenting. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's very, it's very frustrating to say that. You know, that's just like when Jesus was telling the Pharisees, you know, you put, you put weights on people's shoulders and don't tell them how to take it off. You're essentially just telling these people, yeah, you messed up bad, and if you kill someone because you didn't get, you know, you're, they're essentially saying you killed somebody by not getting a vaccine, you have to repent the rest of your life. It's the same thing. And so, uh, I don't know, man. I hope they can look themselves in the mirror and realize that that's so wrong. Yeah, so here's where I am on that. <laughs> I agree with you on, on in essence, but... This is going to get deep for a second, so bear with me because I might might shock you. Clearly, I believe getting getting or not getting a vaccination in anything is not a sin in and of itself, okay? I don't think so. Um, It's not in, you know, clearly, I just just don't think it is. Um, Whether it's wise or not in any other type of situation is a different matter. That's different. But as far as being a sin, meaning God is angry at you not getting it, I don't believe that. Now, that being said, the specific instance, I'm glad I read the article. He was talking about somebody coming to him and saying, I feel bad because I didn't get this shot and someone died. Now, this is the part that may confuse you a little. So Corinthians talks about how sometimes we may be in, in areas that are not directly in the Bible. So, like, that aren't necessarily, um, there's not a pro prohibition against and not a command for. Mm-hmm. Here's an example, drinking alcohol. Yep. Um, it's not a sin to drink alcohol. It's a sin to be drunk, but it's not a sin to be out, drink alcohol. However, yep. Paul makes this connection with, uh, and I'll explain this situation in a minute. Paul was talking about food back then. So what was happening is there were Christians in the, in the church of Corinth. Remember, Christianity's brand new. So these people are coming from pagan lifestyles, Jewish life. So particularly in Corinth, it's a bustling city. There's temples to these false gods all around them. And what's happening is they clearly make sacrifices at these temples yeah. you know, of meat. And then the temples would then sell the meat in the market to make money after the they get to keep it. Right. So what was happening is within the church, some people in, within the church, so maybe it's me. I am – so we sometimes go buy the meat and maybe we bring it to church. So I come in and I say to you who's the leader of the church, hey, 
Clint is eating demonic meat because it's been dedicated to Venus, the goddess of lust or, you know, love or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's eating it, which means he's pretty much partaking of it, right? Yep. Clint comes to you and says, it's just meat, dude. Like, it has no power. God Mm -hmm. is the one who created everything, right? Paul says that I, in this case, the guy who doesn't want to eat the meat, shouldn't be judging him because he does eat it. But also, he shouldn't be saying to me that's dumb if my faith isn't to a place yet where I can feel comfortable doing that. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. So what Paul says is we have to be obedient because in a sense what he's saying is in that moment, the Holy Spirit is guiding you on what you're ready for and what you should do. And so you should be obedient to that. So if I feel like I shouldn't eat the meat because when I eat it, it is demonic. So then I'm choosing to sin, right? Because in my own mind, I've attributed that, then I should I definitely shouldn't eat the meat because right. you know I feel convicted. But I also can't say that he's sinning because he does, because in his mind, hey, Christ died for all. You know, everything's pure. There is nothing that's bad in and of itself. That's right. Same thing with vaccination. So this guy, if someone came in and got and they felt convicted to get a vaccine, okay. I'm just saying if they did, I'm trying right. to play what if here. And they felt like they should and they didn't obey that, and then they feel guilty. Yeah, man, you probably should have obeyed that. Mm-hmm. But to say that it is completely um, sinful it's, is ridiculous. It's wrong, yeah. And it would be no different than if I said anybody who gets the vaccine is not a real Christian because they don't trust God or they're, you know, they're letting experimental drugs, whatever. Sure. So, same, yep, same thing. Or, you know, all the people that are like, they're putting a chip inside of you that's the mark of the beast, you know, all that kind of – that's just as wrong. People do that. We've all heard it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just as – as wrong. So where I land on this is, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous to say that, and it's putting weights on people's backs. Um, you know, if I'm honest with you, I don't even like if someone asks me, asks me, <laughs> is it sin? Uh, you know, it's not a sin either way. But I can't tell you what you feel convicted or led to do. That's right. That's good, man. But don't don't mix it. You know, and when we start, and that, that's the scary thing is this Russian Orthodox priest. What's scaring me is they say in the article that they're becoming. It's almost like they're working with the government because in this country, whichever country this one was happening in, the Russian Orthodox Church is in Russia, and I believe in other places. Don't take me okay. for granted. But wherever they're doing it, the government in that case is forcing vaccinations in certain sectors of the population. So if you're in the service industry or whatever. Um, and so they're just kind of siding with the government a lot of things. I don't know. It just always makes me, a, which is okay if it's in the case of good things, right? But it always makes me a little leery because, you know, in the past we have found that Organize the church, you know, whatever the religion in the area can be weaponized, yeah, sometimes and used. So that would be my morally thing. Um, but yeah, that's where I land. You know, I don't think it's not a sin either way beyond respond to what the Holy Spirit's giving you in your conscience. It's good, man. All right, moving forward. All right, next question. Wait, I think it's me, isn't it? Because you, no, I asked you, didn't I? Okay, sorry, go ahead. Oh, let's see. Oh, there it is. Okay, next question. In Mark 14, 8, how is the lady pouring the perfume on Jesus doing so in preparation for his body for burial? He didn't die right after this, and she didn't know he was going to die. I'm going to start uh, in chapter 14, verse 3, so bear with me because I want you guys to have context. While he, this is Jesus, was in Bethany at the house of Simon, he had a serious skin disease. As he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of pure and expensive fragrant oil of nard. Nard is, uh, it's just a fragrance, or it's a... Um, 
She broke the jar and poured it on his head. So she got this perfume, she pours it on his head. But some were expressing indignation to one another. Why has this fragrant oil been wasted? For this oil might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. So I can't believe she would waste that and not sell it. And they began to scold her. Then Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you and you can do good for them whenever you want. But you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. I assure you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told in memory of her. Also, it talks about Judas being angry. Um, because he wanted the money. Right. So the context is, remember, this is, <laughs> Jesus said it. So what Jesus was doing, he did it many times, is he was foreshadowing what his death was. None of the disciples at this point got it. But he, was, he did it all the time. He would talk about... This temple will be destroyed and raised in three days. The Son of Man will be hung up and for all to see, you know, or whatever. So remember, Jesus was talking. They're yelling at him. He just said, she did something nice for me. She's prepared my body for burial. And they probably all were like, what is he talking about? <laughs> you know, uh, but that's what it means. And so Jesus was essentially saying she was giving him the honor uh, ahead of time that they would have given to his dead body, right? Because mm -hmm. you clean the bodies and back then, so... It's just an illusion and him pointing to the foreshadowing what was going to happen. Mm. That's really good, man. Yeah, she didn't know. I'm sure she didn't. She was just trying to give him honor. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Already. That's a cool little story, actually. Yeah. That's really cool. And it's cool that Jesus said for the rest of history, people remember it, and she's in the man, Bible. she is. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Hey, we're moving along pretty good. All right, this is a big topic. We'll try to get through it the best we can. That's probably going to be it for today, I think, time-wise. Okay. But... Uh, the topic is <clears throat> modesty for women. But rather than focus on being, <laughs> sorry, let me start over. Hold it, you. Topic, modesty for women. But rather than the focus being on protecting men from lust, focusing on how it protects women's hearts, exclamation point. As a woman, I've often felt the temptation to dress immodestly, especially during seasons of feeling unseen and longing to feel seen. Mm. I can hear the lie that if my body is seen, then I'll feel seen or loved. The thought process goes along the lines of the idea that women give sex to get love. During parts of my life, I've given in to this temptation to be immodest and in turn gotten more attention to my body, but it didn't make me feel as a whole person, feel loved or seen. Mm. I was seen more, but I was not truly loved more, and I was seen more by people whose hearts were not to love me. Oof, that's powerful. I think it's valuable for women to hear of modesty, not just protecting our brothers in Christ, which can be noble and beautiful in its own, but also in protecting our own hearts. What are your thoughts? Nailed it right on the head. Like, whoever you are, like, that's so cool. You know, I'm sorry that you had to go through a lot of the pain of, you know, how, you know, you had to, you had to experience that to recognize that even though you were gaining attention, it wasn't love. And how cool was it for her to, to admit that? Yes, that's so cool. And, you know, I think that's such a great example because, like she said, you know, Modesty is often looked at as just a way of, of protecting your, your fellow brothers, but I, she took it another step. At least step. in the church, yeah, yes. for some reason. And so even saying, like, to, you know, for their own hearts of protecting themselves from, the, from the, the poison attention that comes with it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, man. I, well, yeah, that's so good. And they're not getting loved anyway. Yeah. You know? And I think that's one of the reasons, before I even get into it, I think of the verse that Paul actually says modesty, that a woman should dress modestly. And essentially what he says is her character and kindness should be her beauty. Like, And that sounds like weird, right? It doesn't mean you don't get to dress nice and all that stuff. But I think it's also protect her heart because beauty fades. Yep. So let's pretend for a second that you're a woman. And we see this in some actresses and models. 
your entire life has been about your body, about you being sexualized. You get attention and, quote, mm-hmm. love. And then all of a sudden when you age, there's this desperation to keep it because you're, in your mind, your love, the love you've ever received is attached to your body. Yep. So it's also protect your, your, your heart because of what you just said, that God doesn't want you, because that's going to fade regardless, and that you have to have your love and identity come from something beyond that. Um, but I love that. I love that you, whoever wrote this in, it's such, I don't really need to say much more either. You yeah, said it perfectly. Exactly. You nailed um, it. I think that that's true. And one of the things I'll say that I have said to my sisters in Christ and my friends is like this, and this is going to, I'm a nerd. So you don't see queens slumming down at the dock with the prostitutes, mm-hmm. right? We don't. When you hear fairy tales and even now with the monarchy in Britain, it's a scandal, right? You don't see them dressing beneath their station. You don't see them spending time with, you know, dirty and dingy and in the alleyways. Why? Because of who they are and who their father is. Mm. They are a queen, and queens don't do that. And as a, as a child of God, as a daughter of the Most High King, that's who you are. And you deserve more, you know, than that. You, you should be walking in, in uh, regalness and, you know, honor and with dignity because that's who you are. Hmm. So, so I love yeah. that. Love it. Great point. I don't really have much to add. Yeah, me either. So guys out there, you know, First off, I'll also say this. I've never liked that um, because I know women that have been shamed through that. Let me say one other thing to you guys. It's not the woman's fault that your eyeballs fantasize, you know, look at her and then fantasize. Her, the way she dresses might draw your eyes, okay? We'll say that. Sure. But let's, let's not get it twisted. Yeah. She then, she's not the reason your mind then goes into a fantasy world where you begin to create scenarios where you lust with her. That's your own sin. Yeah. So... And the truth, so yes, they're too, don't use that. I've heard guys use that. You made me lust. You did. Mm-hmm. I've literally heard stories of like grown men coming to young girls, you know, teenage girls saying, "You made me lust with your tight shirt." I'm like, dude, you're. I don't wanna, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, so guys, don't use that as an excuse. Certainly, it's okay. And and yes, I love. There is this aspect of it that women. I think it's cool that they don't want to make it harder for men. Absolutely. But regardless, what we tell the men and our line heart, whatever is like, it doesn't matter because if it's not our Christian brother, our, our Christian sisters, of the world sure doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So you got to learn to to not give into that, regardless. That's right. Uh, anyway, great point. Love it. Great episode. Great questions. We got more. I love it, man. If you like those, we got more. And I still think we need to do the thing where we kind of go live once and just discuss one of these bigger questions or topics because I think it would be awesome. Heck yeah. Maybe we'll do the modesty one and just invite people into the discussion. I think that would be really cool. Anyway, you got anything else, man? Uh, Just thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey, if you're watching from Facebook, make sure you like this, share it, share it with a little blurb of why you liked it so people will watch it. If you're watching from YouTube and you haven't already, subscribe, hit the little notification bell so you see every time we post, you'll get an update so you can watch it sooner rather than later. And if you're watching from Rumble, go ahead and throw us a Rumble and... uh, other than that, you guys are awesome. Thank you for supporting us. He said it. Hey, fun turn. Thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you. Um, as usual, my man. Thank you. Great show. Those of you that asked the questions, he already said great, great questions. Please keep asking. We have more biblical. Qu- it was a great mix today. Um, we have a lot more. We've got some videos. We got all this stuff. Those that asked those questions, we are going and give us those topics. We are going to do them. We love them. That's right. Keep bringing those. You can do that anytime. Ask those questions or give us topics or even ask for clarification on things we talked about here. We're not infallible, so maybe we misspoke or said something confusingly. You can do that anytime. 
24-7, 365 at www.theremnant.live/real-talk. That's R-E-A-L-talk. Click it, go down to submit a question, and you know the deal. Put your topic or whatever in. That's it. We love you guys. We appreciate you. If you want to donate to this show, which is a nonprofit, uh, you can do that also at www.theremnant.live/give. Do the drop-down box to Real Talk, and we'd appreciate your support, especially yes. you know if you're listening to this from out of state, out of a country. Would you consider helping us out? Every little bit is something. Help us out. So hope you guys have a great day. We love you so much. Praying for you. Pray for us. And God bless you.